Hello. Thank you for tuning in to the Evening Standard Edition of D1T in 5 for Friday, December 16th. Let's jump into today's top stories. It's likely they are leaving early. That's an unnamed source with knowledge of ongoing discussions between Oklahoma, Texas and the SEC to the athletic Stuart Mandel, Max Olson and others, as rumors swirl about the timing of the Sooner and Longhorn departure from the Big 12. According to a Big 12 official, a delay in releasing the league's 2023 football schedule is in part due to the uncertainty, with sources believing a resolution will occur in a matter of weeks. The timing of the move makes sense, posits Mandel and Olson, with the SEC and ESPN deal kicking off in the 2024 season along with an expanded college football playoff. Additionally, an SEC expansion to 16 teams would align with the Big Ten's addition of UCLA and USC. Hurdles remaining, negotiating a reduced buyout, with the remaining Big 12 schools expecting OU and UT to pay a high enough exit fee to make the remaining members and their network partners whole. Mandel and Olson write, a noteworthy landmark is fast approaching. Per Big 12 bylaws, a member must give at least an 18-month notice of its departure date. That letter would have to arrive by December 31 if they intend to join the SEC on July 1, 2024. The Bangor Daily News' Larry Mahoney pens on the challenges facing new main AD Jude Killey, starting with the positive $90 million from the Harold Alfond Foundation. Challenges include increasing compensation for head coaches who are some of the lowest in the league, elevating men's ice hockey and men's basketball and upgrading facilities. On the facilities front, Mahoney points to an expected new softball field, needed upgrades to Memorial Gym and Alfond Arena and soccer and field hockey facility updates to be done next fall as keys. Mahoney writes, when Killy arrives in Orono, it is of the utmost importance that the administration allow him to do his job and support him. Having highly successful athletic programs and quality facilities generate positive exposure for the university and for the state. And better teams attract larger crowds to the games, which means more revenue. Enrollment at UMaine is down and continues in a downward spiral, and this year's incoming class was one of the smallest in years. Good athletic teams will make more kids want to attend UMaine. And it makes it much easier on Umaine's fundraisers if the donors are anxious to give money because of the positive exposure created by strong athletic teams. Notable comments on challenges facing incoming NCAA president Charlie Baker come from Sports Illustrated's Pat Forty, who says, for now, let's grant Baker the benefit of the doubt and assume he will have some legitimate influence and stature. If that's the case, four of the six most powerful people in college athletics will have arrived within the past three years, and from completely outside the space. Now, the NCAA is going straight politician. The last career campus administrators in the group are Southeastern Conference Commissioner Greg Sankey and Atlantic Coast, Conference Commish Jim Phillips. The pivot away from that profile, which had proliferated for decades, indicates how badly the previous generation screwed things up by being stubborn, tone-deaf, greedy and myopic. It also indicates the shifting needs of the constituents. The conferences want dealmakers who can market them to media companies for the highest possible dollar. The NCAA wants someone who can convince politicians to produce legislation that keeps the association viable and out of its current barrage of lawsuits. The Athletic Staples also comments, if you are relying on the federal government to produce the framework of the rules your business will run by, you're not doing it right, but that's what they think they have to do instead of just actually figuring out a solution on their own. 
It's clear what they want to do is have a voice in Washington DC, and do this politically, instead of just coming up with common sense solutions for how to get their arms around this. It doesn't mean it is impossible to figure this stuff out, but just thinking, oh we'll hire a politician and he'll get Congress to save us, it's not smart. Penn State AD Pat Kraft covers an array of topics during the Rose Bowl's media day, including the future of Beaver Stadium, about which he noted there have been 19 studies done over the past 10 years. With that information in hand, Kraft says he is confident he will soon have a recommendation for President Ben DePuty and the PSU Board of Trustees. I want to make this building better, and we have to do that. We're very close. All the data is there now. Kraft also notes that constructing a new stadium is not feasible financially and that a part of Penn State's identity is having a stadium, with over 100k fans. Asked whether the Nittany Lions are in a position to extend men's basketball head coach Micah Shrewsbury's contract, Kraft says yes, but stated that keeping Shrewsbury isn't just about paying him, it's also about keeping the staff around him and giving the team the resources to be successful. That infrastructure, which I think has lacked for a lot of our sports, is where I think we have to invest in now. Paying the coaches is great. But the great coaches understand that it's all the other stuff that helps you eventually win a national championship. Thanks for tuning in to the Evening Standard Edition of D1T in 5 for Friday, December 16th. Have a wonderful weekend.